Welcome to Tea for Two Dominance. I am Miss Sugar Spice and this is my delicious friend, Exacting One. We are two curvaceous, lusty dominants who live the BDSM lifestyle 24-7. We are active in the Melbourne BDSM and alternative lifestyle scene. We welcome you to a very kinky conversation. So make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Warning, this podcast discusses adult concepts and ideas and is intended for 18 plus listeners. If you are under 18, go away. Now. Well, hello, Kingsters, and welcome to another episode of Tea for Two Dominance, a podcast about two dominant women's perspectives. And those dominant women are myself, Miss Sugar Spice, and the delectable. Exacting one. And we are here today in episode three of the 2020 pod. Oh, oh my gosh, I just lost two years, didn't I? You did. 2022 Tea for Two Dominance. And we are today discussing are there lifestyle standards? Mm. And this is something that, you know, we, we probably have a little bit of a a differing opinion on, or I don't think our opinion differs, but our perspectives of what we witness definitely is a little bit different. So we both agree that there are expectations of behaviour in in the BDSM lifestyle and scene and settings. However, we definitely both see things from a different angle. So I see that there is definitely a move towards having a a lifestyle standard in relation to consent and safety, negotiations and equipment, aftercare, communication, DS dynamics, and there's there's some education, most particularly by by particular um, events that are run. There's education about what is acceptable and not acceptable. However, I, th- I think it's definitely an area that needs improvement. Absolutely, it does. Mm. One of the things that I have been noticing is that we have a number of people on both sides of the slash who have an attitude of, well, that's not how we're doing it in my dynamic. And, you know, well, I like it like this. So I'm not making my submissive do that because I don't like that or I think that's silly. But, you know, I kind of have a problem with that when we're talking about community standards. Mm. I kind of think that a submissive, you know, needs to be respectful to other dominants in the community. Agreed. Whether they like that dominant or not, whether they think that their their own dominant respects that dominant or not, that, you know, we used to have a standard in the community that you were going to be respectful of other people. You Mm. are going to uh, be polite Mm. to Mm. these people. And if there's something to be said to them, then your dominant will say that. Mm. And no, I'm not trying to disempower submissives or anything like that. That, You know, the standard was there so that submissives weren't put in a position of trying to say to a dominant, "I, I really don't like this. And then, you know, that dominant going, well, I'm the dominant. You have to listen to me. And yes, it's true that this does put a submissive in a position of if if they don't have a dominant of their own, then then who speaks up for them? Mm. My answer to that would be that you do have friends within the community. There are always 
there's always somebody at an event who is in charge or who is DMing or whatever. Mm. Let them, you know, deal with the ugly. Mm. You don't have to deal with that by yourself. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, I think one of the biggest lifestyle standard changes that I've witnessed over the last 10 years has been that, yeah, that level of respect for Mm. dynamics and uh, roles has definitely changed and evolved quite a lot to the point now where I I think the lines between a dominant and a submissive in in the public arena are actually really blurred. Yes. And it's actually really quite difficult in probably 75% of dynamics to know for sure who is in control. (laughs) <laughs> I think there are times they don't even know which one of them's in control. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, you know, when when we talk about, you know, dynamics and, and a dominant and a submissive, you know, we're talking about the traditional roles of a dominant and mm-hmm. a submissive. We're not talking about these wishy-washy made-up descriptions um, you know, a lot of us came into the lifestyle looking for those very traditional roles and those very traditional lines where there is a very distinct difference between each of the roles and each of the responsibilities of the roles. Whereas I do now see that that is becoming more and more blurred. Well, and let me just say this. If you want to break the rules and that is, is how you see yourself mm. as, as being a person that breaks the rules... You have to know what the rules are first. You don't get to just come in and act any kind of way and expect that everybody else is going to be okay with it. Mm. I agree. And I'll give you an example of that. And and you were actually there that night. We went to a um, CFMN night. Mm. Clothed female, naked male. male. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a non-binary person there. Not an issue. But this is a gender-specific event where there is clothed females and naked males. Mm -hmm. And it was very confrontational. There was a very confrontational moment where the person was questioned, well, what was their role in that specific night? And, you know, it, it was a really awkward moment to be there for because, you know, that there, there was this, well, I'm non-binary and, you know, that that's great. You know, I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm glad that you really clearly know your identity. But when you're going to a gender-specific evening, where does that leave everybody else? It leaves everybody else actually wondering what's their role. Yep. What is, what, how are they going to participate in the day? How are they going to, you know, fulfill the dynamic that is actually in the name of, of this event? Well, and I think I think there's in in out in the vanilla world that is currently going on where there are females that want to join the Boy Scouts. And I was listening to a speech by a person who, who said he had been asked, well, where does it say that a girl can't be a Boy Scout? And he said, in the name, it is Boy Scouts. Oh, so this is not in Australia? No. No, because Australia has actually been known as Scouts Australia since probably the 70s. And both males and females are allowed to join Scouts. And, well, mm. it is it is one of those things that I have to ask, are you doing this because this is something that you want to do and something that's important to you? Or are you using this as a form of activism? Mm. Mm. Because you are absolutely 100% entitled to be the gender 
that your head and your heart tells you you are. Mm. Okay. I'm not, not trying to tell you to be anything else, but it is, you have, you know, it's not just about what you want. Mm. It is about other people as well. Mm. And this is, this is a huge part of the trans struggle right now. Mm. And, and the question just comes down to making it clear. Is this event strictly what it says in the name mm. or is this event open and friendly to others? Mm. Mm. And man, I, I, it's a tough one with the CFMN9. It is. Because yeah, it is about naked males serving clothed females that's what the event is about and yeah it is a tough one and and as i said it was it was a rather awkward moment of of explanation from both parties as to the purpose and intent of the event and the purpose and intent of that of that person attending however and i think that really at the end of the day if you say okay well if you want to come to this event then you're going to have to wear a a loincloth or whatever to make it not as obvious that you are not what the name advertises, you are still putting that trans person into a situation of being other than what they believe themselves to be. I think it is just damn near impossible mm. to make that comfortable for everyone. Mm. I agree. I, I, I agree. do not know the answer myself. Yeah, so, but when we, when we take it back to standards, like the, the standard expectation of, of people attending an event like that is that it's going to be clothed, clothed females and naked males. And Well, that is the standard. And the thing is that, you know, prior to the last 10 years, this wasn't really an issue. Mm. And that's why I said, you know, you have to ask yourself, is, is your purpose being here to serve or is your purpose being here activism? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's going to guide which, you know, which way you direct yourself on that. Mm, I agree. I agree. So, like me personally, I have, you know, I have some fairly strong ground rules around my my dynamic with people. So, when I, I meet people, although I'm a dominant woman, I am a dominant woman of my submissive. I'm not a dominant woman of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person unless I'm in a dynamic with somebody. Well, and I think this is this is kind of the point where we, we, we talk about, you know, when I first met you mm. and I had known your submissive for a few years prior to that. But when I first met you, you know, my relationship with your submissive changed because I began addressing any conversation I had with him through you first mm. Mm. until you said to me, no, you don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think that that is a standard that is really, really important and that has started being kind of tossed to the wayside. Yeah. I think I, people I aren't doing it anymore. Yeah. Because I know that with my submissives, if, a, if another femdom goes up to my submissive and starts having a conversation, I'm probably not going to get real upset about it. But by the same token, if they're asking my, my submissive to play with them, mm. well, then I'm, I'm going to be kind of going, beg pardon? Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. My dynamic... Um, with with my submissive is <clears throat> is very similar in that he he's also a service top, so he has um, play privileges with well play rights. He's, he has the right to play with anybody he wants to and anybody he feels comfortable to play with. However, 
if he is going to negotiate play with another dominant woman, then I need to be involved in that initial negotiation and I need to make sure that he is protected and that the dominant woman is actually not taking advantage of him or not going to turn it into something that it's not intended to be. Well, and, and protected, I think in that sentence, you know, can be explained as, like you said, not being taken advantage of, but we want to see them physically safe and we want to be see them mentally and emotionally safe. Absolutely. And we don't have the problems in my opinion, of a femdom dragging a male submissive out of a venue. But we have had Mm. that situation happen with male doms and female submissives. Mm. And I personally had that situation happen when I was a slave. Mm. So I don't see it as as important Mm. with femdoms, you know, their, their actual physical, immediate physical safety. But I do see that... We have a lot of people here in the Melbourne scene who do not have the experience that they say they have or that they, I would venture to say, need in a given situation. And they're trying to gain that instant credibility that we mm. talked about last week. Mm. I, I'm not comfortable with them trying to gain it off of my submissive. Mm. You know, I agree. This this is, you know, my piece of property that I value above mm. all else. Mm. I'm not going to let somebody that I don't know or trust practice on my property. Mm, I agree. I agree. So one of the standards that I set personally for myself is that, you know, when I start negotiations with somebody in relation to play or a play scenario or a relationship, that's when the dynamics start. So that's when they begin to address me differently or, you know, we put some, some little rules in place. However, it's it's not the most important part of that of that whole sort of setup for play or preparation for play. But in my personal relationship, I've got very strict standards that that we have discussed and practiced and you know renegotiated where you know they must be upheld at all times and they are all non-negotiables and they're all agreed upon by both of us. So things like the way he addresses me, we have protocols about socializing with um, other people. We have protocols about food and service and an expectation that I'm always looked after. And regardless of him being a service top, there's still that expectation that he must switch between those two roles if we're out in public so that I still have the attention to myself that I that I actually need. And I think that we do it quite successfully. However, in developing our female-led relationship, we have quite a few different protocols in place so that both of us know that I have ultimate control at all times of him and his behavior and sexuality. And, you know, I control who he negotiates with and who he can play with, not directly on the actual which person, but the type of person and the type of dynamic that he can create. And, you know, I think that a lot of newcomers into into the lifestyle, I don't see those really well thought out processes and plans about, you know, a, about those things. I don't, I don't see it at the moment. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually having a discussion with another dominant Thursday about a submissive that they had recently played with and, and that we both know quite well. And 
their statement was that this submissive is, you know, kind of anxious to be used mm. with the, you know, un- unspoken uh, rider of by anyone that will do so. Mm. And wow, you know, I, I get it that we all need experience to be able to do what we do. Mm. We need experience to grow and to learn and, and all of that. I think it's unfortunate that sometimes we have people who become so desperate to gain that experience that they they stop respecting themselves mm. in the process. Mm. But that's something that I'm, I'm seeing a lot more often in the lifestyle. I think that all of us probably know that one, you know, submissive that, oh yeah, they'll play with anybody that asks. Mm, been around the block a few times. And, you know, I, I lately have been on a kick about, hey, how can we expect them to know if nobody's willing to teach them? Mm. And and I've kind of, you know, been taking up with with the submissives that I know that that are young and first starting off an attitude of I'm happy to talk to them and discuss anything that they need to discuss. Uh, I'm less I'm less willing to to play with them, you know, just, mm. you know, just my own personal nothing wrong with them, just my own personal thing right now. But I'm happy to give that informal mentorship, I guess, mm. so that they can learn and, and all of that. But I, wow, you know, back in the day, we had lines of training. You know, you you had certain expectations of where you could go to get the training. And these days, the only place I see that is, you know, in still in the leather community. Mm. Mm. The, you know, they still have very strict standards about what you have to do to get to a certain place. Mm. And in the Melbourne scene, I don't see that anymore mm. as far as the, the lifestyle stuff. Mm. Do you see it in the leather, but not in the lifestyle? Mm. I, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. And I, I would I would love, love to see us doing more trainings on some of the basic things. Mm. You know, and so that's that's what I'm working on right now. I'd mm. like to see that happen for, for our newbies. Mm. Mm. And I think, you know, I know that generationally, as people come in, things change. But fundamentally, you know, the lifestyle has been the lifestyle for a really long time. Oh, yeah, we're hundreds of years. And it is, you know, it it is those dynamics and those power exchanges and those, you know, interactions between a dominant and a submissive that that attracts most of most of us to this lifestyle and so you know it's really it's really sad to see you know submissives particularly really struggling with setting boundaries or or you know knowing what is appropriate and inappropriate behavior but also it's really concerning that there are so many dominance uh, both male and female not you know it's not gender specific coming into the scene and trailblazing their new you know their newfound knowledge and completely disregarding any you know knowledge and research that other people have done and other people have put in place in in their relationships and I think that you know I would really love to see a resurgence of really high standards in in the lifestyle absolutely and i i this this is just one of my personal pet peeves but when i see a dominant go well i'm not going to do that i don't like it or i don't respect this other person so i'm not going to make my submissive respect them either Mm. that really bugs me 
because mm-hmm. this isn't you know we're not all playing the Jerry show or whatever you know mm-hmm. this is this is a lifestyle where we have some common beliefs we have some common behaviors we have some common expectations or at least we used to and we should be able to come together as a community to keep each other safe mm. and you know in a in a reasonably happy group mm. And when we have dominants come in who go, well, I don't respect them, so my submissive doesn't have to respect them, or I don't like this, so my submissive doesn't have to, or or whatever. Yes, yes, you do have the right to choose what your submissive does, but if you are not willing to be a part of the community, then don't. Mm -hmm. Don't don't try to change the community to fit your standards. Mm -hmm. I agree, and there's a lot of that happening. Huge, mm. huge. Mm. So it'd be interesting to it'd be really interesting to know what your thoughts are on lifestyle standards. And you know, when you came into the scene, did you have a set of a set of expectations and idealisms in in your head that have been unmet, or you know, do you have ideas about how to really indoctrinate lifestyle standards back into the scene? Because that's something that I would be be very passionate about. Um, supporting and and definitely you know being involved with is is making sure that individuals standards are, are respected but also that there is a general globalized standard that everybody upholds in the community well and I would say too and and this is just going to be a quick shout out but but I would say too that any submissive that is looking for some mentorship there is a, a young woman and I say young woman she's she's probably 10 years younger than me but um well experienced in lifestyle who you'll see at a lot of events her name's Aurora she has really pretty manners So watching her manners isn't a bad place Mm. to be. Mm. She's very outgoing, but I have seen her do things um, that are very much in line with the way that I was trained. Mm. So, uh, you know, watching her kind of a little bit looks like home to me. Mm. Mm. And And I think if you do see somebody in the scene that you particularly admire or you think, you know, I, I really like the way they, they hold themselves or they present themselves or they play, you know, go up and have a talk to them because, you know, most people in the scene, and when I say most, I think 99% of the people in the scene, if they were approached by somebody to say, I'd really like to learn from you, they're going to give you all the advice you need. They might not have the time to take on somebody, but they're going to talk to you. They're going to give you ideas. They're going to point you in the right direction. And, you know, I think as a community, we really need to to come together and have a consensus of what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Because I won't sit in 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 an event and watch a submissive scream at an event provider. Oh, no. Because they disagreed with their decision about something. Like, that is something that is just unacceptable. Or, or, unacceptable. or snapping at their own dominant, which, like, almost, like, I was almost in tears at that point. I was just like, oh, dear God, what's happening here? Mm. Uh, or, or at other dominants, like their dominant's friends and things. And I'm just going, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm coming for you, Wheezy. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I almost had a heart attack on that one. So, yeah, so, um, and especially that the young lady I was just talking about, she is one who I have watched again and again and again 
go to other people in the community that she likes or respects when she is trying to understand a situation or uh, or, or just trying to research and get some information. Mm. And, man, I love Mia Submissive who does research. I mm. love it. Mm. So Agreed. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And with that, we are going to say goodnight. Yes, we goodbye, are. Goodbye. Ta-ta. Whatever time it is. And we it's always will. 5 o'clock somewhere. It is. <laughs> and potentially it could be 5 o'clock here right now. Ching, ching. Um, but we will um, speak with you next time. Stay kinky. Have a good night. Bye. Record. Thank you for listening. We are Tea for Two Dominance. Miss Sugar Spice and Exacting One on FetLife. Tea for Two Dominance also has its own profile on FetLife. We're on Instagram as Tea for Two Dominance. Please like, share and comment if you're enjoying this podcast. The only way it will get well known is if you tell people about it. Send us an email. The link's in, in the description below. And we'd like to thank our constant supporters, the club, JS Alternative Photography and Classic Ties for making this podcast possible. <laughs>